You're listening to the Women of Worth podcast, hosted by me, Audrey Bellis, founder of Worthy Women. We explore what it means to live and lead in integrity as women of worth. We are here today with one of my favorite people, Jacqueline Mullen, and this is the Women of Worth podcast. And for those of you who don't know, last year we had our first inaugural 100 Women of Worth and Jacqueline was our MC. So it is so fitting to have her here. Jacqueline, welcome. It is an honor to be here. Anything that you do, uh, just seeing all that you do to help women with their worthiness. Thank you for having me, Audrey. I appreciate it. Oh, Jacqueline, for our audience, tell us a little bit about what you do. Oh my. So ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies listening, you know, I often joke that I'm the Jacqueline of all trades, multi-passionate entrepreneur, went to school for music, but always had a business focus, Uh, actually studied the music business, which is how I got into digital marketing because I was, I'm old enough to have had a CD player and like seen the whole digital revolution take place. So yeah, for the past, I would say, you know, 10, 11 years, I've been in the digital marketing space, have always you know, been in marketing, but didn't ever really think that I was gonna own my own business, much less maybe teach digital marketing and uh, help entrepreneurs then start their own businesses using digital marketing. And that's what's transpired uh, organically these past 10, 11 years. So as of late, I've been teaching digital marketing for General Assembly, and um, I'm also ready to launch some master classes and some more online programs to just support anybody, whether you're professional or you have your own business and you're trying to leverage the internet as your stage. And the internet should be your stage because it's free, it's accessible, and you can create an incredible platform or join other people's platforms. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you need to know who you're talking to and you need to have like the right story. And I would say the other thing that's so surprising that comes up more often than not is the confidence piece and the worthy piece. Because even though the internet is invisible, a lot of people, myself included, procrastinate taking action on putting themselves out there because you're like, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? Am yeah. I, should I attract all this attention? That's fascinating. Uh, we definitely feel that way. And I, I think I've often been criticized for hashtag no fucks given because I put so much out there right. in a vulnerable way. But I've also gone through enough experiences in life where I just cannot continue to be held back by the what ifs. And for worthiness, we believe that everything you do stems from a place of how worthy you feel. And when you feel worthy of it, you go for it because you've owned it. It's a part of you and you're not ashamed of it. And when you don't feel worthy of it, you hustle to make other people believe that you are, which is a little bit more of the front, the shiny Instagram photos, right? The filtered life and not necessarily showing the ugly side. I have no fear. You guys have all seen my ugly side. And if you follow me on Snapchat, you've seen me in my mud mask at my worst. Hashtag en la noche when I'm probably drunk. Hashtag love it. Yeah. Keep it real. Authentic. So, all right. I have to know, since you say you had CDs, I had CDs. What was your very first CD that you can remember? Oh, well, I can tell you that the miseducation of Lauren Hill was oh. like the thing I had on repeat when Life. I was in high school, right? Life. So Lauren Hill, uh, what was X Factor? That was my jam back in the yeah. day. I was kind of known amongst my friends as way before we even had CDs when I was little and I would get my allowance. My, I would make my mom take me to Tower Records and I would buy like 99 yes. cent cassette tapes. And Audrey, we've like bonded over like our hip hop and R&B and stuff. But I was like always buying, you know, SWV when they were coming out and TLC. And then I think really CD wise, I mean, I still have CDs <gasps> at home. 
home. I have uh, a couple that I saved, and but a lot of them I actually did the Amazon buyback program where I sold them back. I you know uploaded them to my iTunes, put them in the cloud, and got rid of them unless I went to a concert for that CD or for that album, and I saved my tickets and I put it in the front of the jewel case and I, I saved it. those. So my first two CDs that I distinctly remember are New Kids on the Block. Oh wow! And I remember that because my mom went to that concert and gave me the CD, and I had a Donnie Wahlberg Barbie. I can still sing the words to step by step. I was about to say that was in my head. Step by step. Oh, baby. Gonna get to you, girl. Oh, people, it's so good in here right <laughs> 90s, now. 90s. Ni- hashtag oh. 90s girls. Yes. <laughs> and then Warren G. Regulate. Oh, that is a good one. And I remember my cousin gave that to me because he was older, one of my cousins. And my mom was so offended because he had foul language. I wasn't allowed to have it. So I used to hide it and I would listen to it with my headphones and like an auxiliary thing. And I used to hide and sneak it in, which now cracks me up. You thought he was saying Nate Dogg and Audrey B had to regulate. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm you a open for dork. me everywhere. Yes, seriously. <laughs> we can do this, girl. No. I love that. But okay, let's talk about keeping it real because you've traversed quite a few different industries and things even like the music industry and digital marketing and helping people tell their story. Yeah. You really can't help people tell their story without owning your own. Sure. And what has that been like for you as a woman of worth to to live and lead in that way and to you know, kind of put yourself forward with a you first before you can help other people? Well, I would say it's an ongoing process. It's not something it, you know, you you hit various levels of being front and center and feeling super confident. And just like everybody else, you have your moments of self-doubt too. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things for me has that's helped me own my worthiness has been a yoga practice, has been you know, a lot of personal development stuff. And I think it's the biggest thing I've taken away from yoga is the fact that like it's a practice. It's something that some moments you're going to have a little bit more flexibility than others. You're going to be able to hit more moves. You're not in competition with anybody else. You're in competition with yourself. But with that said, at the same time, you also have to respect yourself and not be hard on yourself. And so there are moments where I have been terrified of, you know, putting myself out there online because you can overthink a lot of things in the online space. Teaching digital marketing, I always impart on my students, you want to have a personal brand and you want to have a strategy. But like you're saying, you know, you don't want to have this like picture perfect polished, you know, brand where people just feel like, okay, are you real? Or are you an infomercial? You know what I mean? Or are, are you an actual person talking to me? And I think that that is something that you learn genuinely through trial and error. And there are certain things in my online life that I don't talk about. Mostly like I'm in a relationship at the moment and like, you know, that kind of stuff I keep a little bit private just because that's like how I kind of recharge from everything. Right. But, you know, I've gone through a lot of other personal stuff. I had a best friend of mine, you know, pass away. And that's been like a huge, huge catalyst for me. She was a big person in my corner that always told me, even when I didn't feel worthy, like you are amazing. Stop being so hard on yourself. Go, go, go. So I would just say that, you know, like you need to have people that you aspire and and you look up to and that you see like I do with you, Audrey, you know, like out there 
ground of the pavement, like making shit happen. And at the same time, you need to just also, whatever's like you kind of being bold, right? That's going to look different for everybody. So for one person being bold might be actually sending five emails to somebody that they really admire and want to pitch themselves for the podcast. For another person being bold might be, you know, setting up some sort of like sponsorship or pitching themselves for a paid speaking gig. It's going to vary for everybody. But if you can do one bold thing every single day, I think that's really going to be the key to, you know, working on your worth. Am I worth having this audience? Am I worth being out there? You have to realize everybody's terrified. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you even have had your moments where you're now you're like zero fucks. But like, at what point might you have been like, should I say this? Should I not? You know, let me give you some examples of times that I have just thrown myself and my team into the deep end conference when we did our first conference. Had we ever done a conference? No. I'd produce galas for like nonprofit stuff that I fundraise for and that I sit on the board for. And I go, well, we're going to produce a conference with no budget. Here we go. Yvette's like, I've never produced a conference. I go, too late. We're doing it in two months. Here we go. And we pulled it off. And then after that, I go, we're going to do eight of them next year. One per month in eight cities across the country. And she just looked at me like, why do you want to fucking kill me? The podcast, Brown Girls Rising. We hadn't planned to do a podcast with it. I had been kind of obsessed with the name. So Brown Girls Rising is our other podcast for those of you listening, where we elevate the stories of women of color and how they drive feminism through culture, art, community, music, what have you. And it happened at Christmas. I was making latkes on Christmas Day because that's when Christmaka happened with the overlap this year. And I was listening to Two Shorts getting it. And I was and his line, right? I was one in I'm one in a million. Black men rising. Try to keep me down, but I always surprise him. And I called Yvette and I was like, I'm a brown girl rising. And she's like, Are you drunk? <laughs> I go, No, I'm serious. Like, I'm a brown girl rising. What do you think of? And she said, I said, hashtag brown girl rising. And she said, or brown girls, that's us. And she goes, All right, Audrey. And I I go, my hands are covered in latkes at the moment. Do you mind looking up the social handles to see if they're taken? They were all available. Wow. And so we reserved it, not thinking anything. And then we were in a meeting with Nylon Espanol, who's our media partner. And I pitched them on it, like out of nowhere. And I go, yeah, we're brown girls rising. You know what I want to do? A podcast. Would you like to be our media partner? And Yvette's looking at me like she's going to stab me in the throat because she's never done a podcast. And I'm just over here pitching it and they said yes Amazing. and she we, we got out of that meeting and she goes what the fuck did you just do we don't know anything about producing a podcast i go oh, well we're gonna figure it out and she's just sitting there like audrey i could kill you why do you constantly throw me into things but you know half the time i i don't know i just throw myself into it and very marie forleo i believe that everything is figure outable sure and i'm like all right the worst that's gonna happen is i'm gonna have to google it And thankfully, I recognize that I'm surrounded and I've done a good job of surrounding myself with people that are much smarter than I am. And the worst that's going to happen is I'm going to ask and say, what would you do and how would you do it? And is this something possible? And it's never that it's not possible. You make the choice to figure it out. And so you talked about doing something bold every day. When I'm obsessed with something, discovering my own self-worth was an obsession that I had. And what did we do? We had an entire event series about what it means to be worthy in what areas of your life. And originally it was all around my own personal challenges. So finance, relationships, physical, like body stuff, um, mentors, things that I was looking for. And that's how Worthy Women got started. And so doing something bold, so putting it out there and even things like 
you know, like you said, pitching somebody when we're doing sponsorship for something or I need to get comfortable asking for things, I make it my priority to just stack the numbers and say, all right, we need a sponsor for this. I'm going to find 50 possible sponsors and I'm going to pitch every single one till I get a yes. And until I become comfortable doing it, you have to be uncomfortable first and right. be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. I often say that to my students. And the thing that I love that what you're sharing and demonstrating too is that a lot of times we'll say, well, who am I? Who am I to share what I'm doing online? But by you just saying everything that you said, there's somebody who's going to be listening to this podcast at home who has an idea who's going to be like, well, Audrey did it this way. And she didn't like sit there and, you know, have all the steps in place and everything. So wow, amazing. Like I can do it too. And I feel like when we share our stories, you know, there's all this talk about like, it's really selfish when you don't share your story. And going back to this idea of like, there's a difference between being an infomercial, right? There's a difference between talking at people versus trying to figure out like what might help somebody who's who's the, a few steps behind you, right? So right. if you're like moving and shaking and doing all this bold stuff, I think you do a really great job like on your Instagram. And any, anytime I see something that you're posting that you're sharing there's a value behind it whether it's like a song lyric or a quote and it's still you being you but at the same time you know it's, it's clear to me that you're picturing that person who's like maybe where you were before you started all of this that woman who's like what do i do about the fact that i'm in debt what do i do about the fact that i'm going through this breakup and you know we're always role models for people who are trying to to get to where we are just as we look up to people who are a few steps ahead of us you know so i think that that's really key so i think what's interesting about that as you describe that back to me i don't know that i'm doing it for the person that i know is trying to follow in my footsteps i actually think i'm doing it for yesterday's version of me i love because that. tomorrow's version sometimes needs that reinforcement maybe today's won't or maybe today's does and it does two things it humbles and grounds me to keep me where I'm at constantly. And two, it's a reminder that nothing is given to you. Nothing is like guaranteed to happen. And everything that we have is a gift. And I often look at my life and I think, you know, when I turned 30, I called it my worthy 30s. And I just turned 31. You're and, a baby. Oh, man. 35 oh. over here, pushing 36. Sorry. It's well, I, my 30s are like my best decade. And I wanted that. And I did a moral in inventory when I was 29. I turned 29 and I said, and I wrote a HuffPost piece about this saying, what are all the things I don't want to take with me into my 30s? And I spent my year of 29 doing a ton of personal development, which I had already been doing, but I really dove deep and I got a coach and I said, here are the things I don't want to take into 30. And here are the things that I want for 30, but I need to clear up this baggage first. And I practiced hard on it. 30 was my best year ever. We started Worthy Women and everything was an incredible experience. And I thought it can't get better than this. And then I turned 31 and the day after my birthday, we kicked off our national tour. And that was a complete accident on the timing, but it, maybe it's not an accident, right? right. Maybe the world has conspired for that. And I remember uh, sitting with my team, we're in San Francisco and I was getting really choked up and humbled to think, oh my gosh, these people are with me on the, these are my road dogs, right? These are my team. They're on the road with me. We're sharing this mission. And women are showing up who don't know us from shit. Right. In LA, we have an audience. When we're going to new cities, they don't know anything about us. And they're still showing up because the conversation is relevant. And it's a shared human experience. And I am so humbled by that every day. I say this on every podcast. And I'm going to say it again now. People in general cannot tell you 
why they are worthy until they've told you about a time when they weren't and how they got there, which means we hear your shame stories. We hear your hero's journeys over and over and over again. I do not take it lightly that we hear those stories and that we are entrusted with things that people would not tell their best friend even because they don't want anyone to know. And it is a shame that people have that we that we hold, right? Mm-hmm. Like a counselor, like we hold that. It's not our, it's, we're not allowed to share those things. Those are, if someone has trusted you with that, you need to keep it close to the vest. And I'm so humbled by that. And it truly helps keep me aware that sometimes that's still me, right? I've still struggled with my own shame stories. And yes, I've owned many of them, but there are always things that people struggle with. Absolutely. It's life. You know, yeah. like you said, life happens when you're busy making plans. You know, I think the thing is too, like one aspect of your life could be going so well and it could be smooth sailing and then you have something happen in your personal life or you have, you know, triggers. And I think this is why this idea of personal development is just so key. Like it doesn't matter what technical skills you have. You know what I mean? Like you could prepare yourself for your career and be able to do it inside and out. But when you have something that comes up that triggers you on an emotional level, life yeah. that's when you need and you you fall back on that personal development piece. And anything that pertains to making us feel worthy, whether it's somebody wanting to pay what we're charging, whether it's somebody, Ooh, you know. Finance is a big area where women have a lot of shame. Yeah. Some lady likes to talk about it. Well, and I feel like a lot... Here's the thing. A lot of what's a challenge nowadays with the internet is that there's no barrier to entry. It's so easy to start a website. It's so easy to start running Facebook ads where the challenge is, is that people don't know how the next person is doing it, right? So we talk about, well, only some people might go out and get a business loan. If you're like a solopreneur or you're starting from scratch, more often than not, people are taking on either their own personal debt or they have like a little bit of like some money saved up. And I feel like for the people who that I've spoken to who have taken on their own personal debt, that balloons because they're trying to grow and grow and grow. And at a certain yeah. point, they start feeling really bad about having that number or they feel like, you know, they start looking at everybody else is thriving. Now I've got this debt. And so, you know, how how we're getting to where we're getting in terms of what we're doing to, you know, build our businesses, I think is a conversation that I'd like to see more women having, whether there's grants or whatever the case may be. Maybe it is people are taking out personal funds. I personally bootstrapped my business, but Same. I think that that's like, you know, a big area for us to expand on as women entrepreneurs and business owners. It is. It truly is. On the bootstrapping side, you know, I when I had my broken engagement, I was left with six figures in debt that I had to overcome by myself. And I promised myself that I will never let my finances own me again in that way. And I became obsessed with them. I became obsessed with understanding my credit score and factors that affected it. I became obsessed with plotting for money-related things, budgeting, spreadsheets, what money is coming in and where, what my margins were. And when you're bootstrapping a business, that was absolutely critical. And I've gotten shit from other people who are like, I can't believe you're not raising money. I can't believe you're not bringing in investors. And I I sit here and I go, one, that's a personal thing. Sure. Um, But I don't ever want to feel like I'm beholden to someone in that capacity again. And I think a large part of that is, and I say this at a lot of our Worthy Women events, talk about being on brand and a personality. This is totally an Audrey quotable, but I often say you can't raise your net worth until you raise your self-worth. I was going to say, well, that was something at the Worthy Women conference that when we had the kickoff party, we made sure to share with everybody. And that for me has always really resonated coming from you. And it's so true. 
It's absolutely true. And I feel like you brought up a good point that there are people who are out there trying to bootstrap their businesses and they get shamed. And it's like, you're not going fast enough. You're doing no, things no, too we, small. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the the beautiful thing about like y- you, myself and several other friends here in LA is that it's like not a matter of how your fellow sister is doing it. It's the fact that she's freaking doing it, you know, yep. and respect that and try to learn. Maybe, maybe you could learn from somebody who's bootstrapping or maybe you could learn from somebody who's getting sponsorship, like less shaming and more sharing, you yes. know? Yes. And it's, you know, what's interesting is there's a very fine line with that because at one point does it go from collaboration to copying? And we yeah. tell that line in women's development, you know, we happen to have a very narrow niche market. We're not beauty bloggers. We're not fashion bloggers. We're here to talk about your self-worth, self-worth under four main pillars, finance, leadership, career advancement, and entrepreneurship, and tangible how-to items. We're not sitting here going, how do you manifest your vision board, Right. We don't do any of that. Right. It's a very much practical how-tos from women that look like you. And for us, our audience is 70% women of color. So we're making sure our diversity in our panelists and our speakers and cultural backgrounds are delivering that and through the corporate diversity and inclusion work that we do. So that's very important for us. But it's, you know, what's interesting is people will compare us to other groups and say, oh, are you like this? Oh, are you like that? And I think oftentimes with our speakers too, they get shuffled around to different events where people will assume, oh, you know, you had this person who also spoke at this event or vice versa. I'll give you an example. We we just had this recently. There's an event series that's popped up and I think they booked every past speaker that we've ever had. I think wow. they just kind of went through our website and pulled them. And I could be imagining that. But on this end, it definitely feels like, you know, what is the fine line of like, I love what you're doing and I support it and I'd love to be involved versus, okay, now we're junior version. Right. Well, you know, I, I got to say too that the whole copying thing happens a lot. And I think this ties back to worthiness, even in the way a somebody looks online like logos and websites like oh I bet you really see that on the digital marketing side yeah people come in and they're like I want to look just like this well for a long time Marie Forleo's older site I know for a fact in various Facebook groups that I belong to and stuff people are like give me that and it's a matter of you don't need to be Marie Forleo you need to be who you are and you need to figure out you know, what, what is that? What, what do you represent? Right? Like, what is your brand made up of? What is your story? When you go and copy somebody else, it's basically saying, you know, I don't feel like I have the capability, the competency, the worthiness of figuring it out on my own way. And, and you brought up something so parallel to this with regard to like, you'll be in a meeting and you're like, you know, I don't know how to necessarily start a podcast, but I'm going to Google it. Yep. And I feel like if somebody would have told you in, you know, maybe five or 10 years ago, Audrey, you're going to build a business and this is going to be the brand and this is going to be the name and everything, you probably would have laughed in their face. Yes. And you have to just, you know, be comfortable and confident enough to be an individual. And part of that being an individual is not copying what somebody else is doing, even their hashtags. I mean, I can't tell you how much stuff that I see. It's like, don't be afraid to, to try to do something different. Don't be afraid to stand out. And again, that's not always easy. You know what I mean? I I struggle with that. You know, a lot of times you're like, oh, are people going to resonate with this? Or, But it's like if you walked into a networking event and you walked in with a lot of self-doubt out the gate, people would pick up on that. And it's the same thing with regard to anything that you're doing. But especially if you're trying, you know, to put yourself out there in the online space, you really have to come to a place where you're like, I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if people like the colors of my brand, if they like the messaging that I'm sharing, right. you know, don't put the copying thing. Oh, that's my pet peeve for sure. 
how do you help people figure out what their brand is? Because I think, um, I think we see this a lot, very similarly. People go, I'd love to, you know, tout my own brand if I could figure out what exactly that is. Sure. And I don't think I really even realized I had a brand until I was dating somebody who was like, you're a personality. And he wasn't saying it like, oh, you have quite the personality. He's like, no, you're literally a personality. And the other part that finally dawned on me, my pink headshots, which are like with the hands. I will have people who come up to me at events and they literally, who I've never met before, but they've seen me on the promotional materials and the marketing stuff. And this has happened almost every single time. They come up to me and they do the thing with my hands and they go, oh my gosh, you're Audrey Bellis. And I'm like, I have penetrated your brain. You just gave me my own jazz hands back to me. Jazz hands are amazing. And so I've been hesitant to change those photos for the last two years. That's how old they are now because I feel like my brand is so defined by that. But I reached out to the photographer who took them. We actually just scheduled for next month to book them because I was feeling pigeonholed by my own brand. And I've even had people when I go to speaking events where I don't wear pink and my hair is not big, who will come up to me and be like, you don't look the way I expected you to. You're not in pink and your hair is not big and it's just not even right. It's in a bun. Oh my gosh. And so it's it's an interesting fine line because one, you want to discover it. So, okay, so that's two questions. One, how do you help people discover their own brand and narrow that down in an authentic manner? And two, do you have any tips for our audience on how to maintain your brand integrity without becoming the infomercial because I've had this happen to me too where I've been in a meeting with someone and they said all right I'm not I'm not at one of your speaking events Audrey you don't have to pitch me like where I don't even realize it's on because I do it so much sure I mean and I'll I'll clarify too like what I mean by the infomercial talk the first thing with regard to your brand you know we have to keep in mind that there's emotion right brand a brand essentially is you know something that you see that's associated with a business or product or services that creates an emotional response. And it could have a positive emotional response. It could have a negative emotional response. But typically what I tell people to do is think about, you know, the three to five words that you want to be associated with you initially, right? So think about those three to five words that you want to be associated with you. And, you know, one of my words although I'm like fun and everything is professional or authoritative, yes. right? Like, because oh, I'm, I'm a little are. bit, you know, I, I teach digital marketing. Sometimes I have students who are older than me or because I, you know, can be very fun and my hair is wild. I think the three to five words exercise is critical. The second part of your brand is being true to what you're passionate about, right? Like for me, when you heard at the beginning of the podcast, if I would have just said, well, I'm Jacqueline Mullen and I'm a digital marketing expert, that is not my personality, right? Like, if you meet me in LA, you're going to hear me singing. You're going to see me dancing. You're going to see me wearing, you know, whatever clothes I want to wear that are just my style. So I think you need to, I always ask my students, like, what are you passionate about? Seriously, if money did not matter and you could wave a magic wand and have your dream job, what would that be? And I did this exercise the other day with a student of mine who, um, you know, is in a very like professional industry. And all of a sudden she's like, I would be traveling around the world trying to help people because I come from a country where I was lucky to immigrate here. And I would, Mm. you know, be doing some sort of like fundraising and I'm passionate about worldly travel. I'm passionate about giving back. And, but I have these like very technical digital marketing skills. So the third piece of this is once you identify the three to five words you want to be associated with your brand and your passions and the, the technical things that you are genuinely good at that will help you make money, you have to find your thread. 
And that's really where I think a lot of people get confused. Because if you're coming from one industry, like let's say you've been a lawyer, and all of a sudden you want to be a yoga instructor, it might seem like there's no thread for those two things. They might seem like two very extremes. But if you're able to say, well, why did you want to become, you know, a yoga instructor? And if you're like, law's great, but I can't help people. And I found that I was always stressed all the time. And, you know, I just realized like my heart wasn't in it. Therefore, yoga was like where I found, you know, meaning and like connection. There's your thread. So that's like the third part of this exercise. You know, what is your thread? It doesn't matter if you're a scientist trying to become a jeweler or if you're a teacher trying to become a a fashion entrepreneur. There's always a thread in it. So I would say those are, you know, what what I start with in terms of questioning. And then the next piece of this is, all right, your three to five words, that will help you determine the look and feel of your brand. So if you say that I want to be zen and I want people to know that I'm trustworthy and I right. want people to know that I'm polished, that will start to shape you know, fonts that you choose, yeah. logos that you determine for yourself, maybe even your headshot photos. I Last- mean, as you say this, I'm thinking of my own three to five words. I love it. What are yours? I'm going to put you on the spot. <sighs> so worthy okay because i'm obsessed with it boss yeah hashtag boss hashtag boss uh feminist yes fierce is another one Mm -hmm. which i think actually when i look at my own personal brand i have a lot of very stark bold colors and feminine i have a lot of f's and w's here which is probably why like fuck is my favorite word like literally and figuratively i love everything about it but i think that does ring true in my brand it's very it's bright colors it's bold it's a little bit in your face but it still has a feminine side to it and worthy i think not not because i am worthy so to speak i think that's something we are all always looking for but it is such an obsession of mine to understand what that means how do we show up to be worthy live in integrity. And, you know, Worthy Women was a spinoff from Startup DTLA. We're in the process now of exiting Startup DTLA to the point where people have said when I when I actually like disclose that to people, which is not very many, by the time you guys all hear this, this will have happened, where people say, oh, I can see that because Worthy Women is you. Right. It's of you. It is you. And I, I often tell people my business is an extension of my personality. It is literally my spiritual practice. Right. And Startup DTLA, while it was incredible and it was something I was very passionate about and I still am is not an extension of my personality. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, going back to this idea of like worthiness and integrity, it's often when we find our inner truth, right? So I think we can all say part of your brand is knowing what those inner truth moments or inner truth stories are for you. And, you know, what what would you say was like probably you're okay, I got to depart from this, even though this brand looks good, you know what I mean? And it's successful and it's well known. Yep. My, you know, guiding light and my inner truth is leading me that way. What would you say was that? For startup DTLA, it got to a point where I began to resent it, quite right. frankly. And it wasn't that we weren't doing good work. We do fabulous work and I love it. I started startup DTLA because there weren't many other people in the market. And I felt like I was I was solving my own problem. And it just happened to be that other people also had the same problems. So this is a through line in all my businesses, actually. Right. And so... We got to a point, though, where it used to be just us and a couple handfuls of people when it came to downtown LA Tech. Now there's tons of people. I feel like I did my job. Right. My job was to help foster the community and to help it grow and accelerate it and to create buzz about it. And I certainly did that. 
And what emerged from it was an audience of female founders and women of color saying, I'm tired of going to events and not seeing people that look like me. And what does women founder programming, how is it different than just general founder programming? I said, all right. Now it's starting to emerge as something that's a little more personal. I just received an award for the mayor's office. Yeah. Thank you. And I looked around the room and they were honoring the innovators of L.A. who've helped progress the culmination of the first annual Mayor's Cup, the inaugural Mayor's Cup. And I looked around the room and I thought, oh, my gosh, two years ago, none of us were here. And now there's so many of us that I don't even know half the people in the room. And it was truly this moment of I've done my part. I can let go and now it's okay for me to do something else. And I had been toying with some options on how we were going to exit for several months now. And it was the day that I picked up that certificate where I said, I'm done. I've done my part. So that was that was the big eye opening for me. And the fact that I've started to tell people and universally, every single person is like, oh, Worthy Women is so you. It's you. And I think the fact that it's obvious to other people, even before it was me, because you said this earlier, who am I? Who am I to lead? Who am I to do this? And with worthy women, oftentimes I I struggle with that. Who am I to share this message? Because people will ask me, well, you must just be so worthy now. And I'm like, you can see, find me once a week in the corner crying with a Twix and an ice cream bar and going, why did we get into this? Oh my God, what was I thinking? At least once a week, guaranteed. Right. Right. Things that we always struggle with. I mean, yeah, I think that's a really valid point that, you know, you have your highs and you have your lows and sometimes those lows are a little bit more consistent than you'd like. I think I got goosebumps when you said that you were like, this is my moment. This is my time to change. Because speaking of integrity, you have to be true to yourself and something could be great and something could be making you money. But if you aren't in love with it, you got to drop it. You know, when my best friend passed away, her name was Darcy and she was uh 34, almost 35 years old, she had cancer. And there was a point when she, you know, sat me down and looked at me and she's like, I'm not sure if I'm going to beat this thing, but I'm going to tell you what I've learned in the process of dealing with something life-threatening. And she was like, don't pick on yourself for if you have gray hair or cellulite. Cause my best friend was like a personal trainer and she was always very much into like, I want to look this way. I want to like be polished. She was like, don't beat yourself up about, you know, eating that piece of cheesecake or having the extra glass of wine. And she was like, and don't sit there wishing, pretending, living somebody else's life, doing things for other people. She's like, go out there and be bold and, you know, do whatever the hell it is that you have in your heart and want to do. And that is not always easy. Sometimes you do that and you're like, whoa, home run. You get this, you know, certificate and everything's great and you you know you get these great sponsorships or I've had many really awesome opportunities but there are some moments where you're just like wow okay what am i doing here and i think that uh, our early days when nobody would give a sponsorship and nobody knew who we were and people thought it was a dumb idea and you know the same people now are like we'd love to collaborate with you and i'm like where were you right that reminds me of a Steve Martin quote that perhaps might be a good way to like kind of wrap up everything. And it's like, be so good. They can't ignore you. Mm. And when you're starting out, you know, or when you're dealing with anything, right. That pertains to your self-worth, our biggest critic is always going to be ourself. That was pretty much the best gift my best friend gave me. And she was like, don't be hard on yourself anymore. But all you can do every day is just try your best. And I'm not even saying from a standpoint of like perfectionism and all that. Do the best that you can do with whatever it is you're dealing with. 
You know, that's um, interesting. My personal practice, I go to daily mass every day. It's no coincidence that Worthy Women follows very similar to a 12-step program. Right. And I practice that a lot in our philosophies and in my own personal life. Like, how am I cleaning up my side of the street? Where am I making my amends? Where am I owning my own shit first and not judging other people for theirs and have humility and compassion for other people and for myself? And part of my daily practice is not to be perfect every day. But I always ask myself, how can I show up today with just a little more grace than I did yesterday? Because yesterday may have been a shit show and today doesn't have to be perfect. But can I do just a smidge better today? And if I'm always doing just a smidge better in the whole of things, how can that help elevate around me? Right. And that's all I ever have to do. And that's OK. And have that that forgiveness for yourself. So, Jacqueline, I'd love to know from you because you're one of our women of worth. What does it mean to you to be a worthy woman? It means that I work on the relationship with myself and that I love myself and I treat myself with respect. It means that I am a person of maintaining integrity with the promise I made to somebody that I love very dearly, my best friend, that I, you know, share that, yeah, I could be very confident, you know, I might be, you know, very comfortable speaking and all that, but that, you know, I accept, I, I always say I love and accept myself for who I am as I am. And as long as I can honestly close my eyes at the end of the day every night and say that I've done that, right? If I've had moments where I've been so hard on myself, why aren't you further along? Why, why isn't your website doing all this stuff or whatever the case may be? If, as long as I can say I loved and accepted myself for who I am and I've been able to have that relationship with myself where when I have my moments of like just being the biggest to myself, you know, that I say, stop it. It's not cool. It's not fair. Don't do that. You wouldn't do that to your friend. And genuinely, truly trying to help people every day. If I can make one person's day uh, through a random act of kindness go better, I think that that really, you know, you don't have to do that to be worthy, but that to me is just what other people are worthy of. I love that. Jacqueline, where can people find you? So uh, I'm at Jacqueline Mullen on Instagram and Twitter. I'm, I'm going to spell that for you just because my first name and my last name can often be misspelled. It's J-A-C-L-Y-N-M-U-L-L-E-N. And you can also come to my website and that is www.jacquelinemullen.com. Jacqueline, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, this has been great. Audrey, love you. Thank you. And all that you do for many women out there. This is just incredible work. Thank you. I'm Audrey Bellis, and this has been Women of Worth.